Hello and welcome to DevOps Sauna podcast. The DevOps conference has been organized annually as a virtual global event. Now we organize this event also as a hybrid one. In the 1st of November, the DevOps conference comes to you in Copenhagen. You can learn more and register at thedevopsconference.com slash Copenhagen. To build the excitement to this awesome face-to-face event, we are sharing a set of most popular talks from the DevOps conference in March 22. You can find and watch full video recordings online without registration at the conference website. Let's tune in. We have uh, Aris Kilboa, uh, a senior technical program manager from Big ID. And we have Ori Karen, uh, CEO and co-founder of Linear B. And this presentation is about the journey of big IT. Uh, so hi, Iris. Hi, Ori. Welcome. Hi. It's good hi, to have everyone. you here. Thanks for having us. Uh, could you tell a little bit more about this talk? Uh, what what does it mean that there's a journey of, of big IT? Yeah, the, the main topic of this talk is uh, we're going to talk about how um, predictability and planning accuracy when you're running uh, an engineering organization is a key thing. Um, and we're going to give examples of how Big ID uh, were successful with that uh, with, the le- with the help of Linear B, with the help of our tool, and some of the challenges that they faced uh, along the way. All right. This is a topic that is really close to my heart. I've, I've been struggling with the same issues in the past, as I'm sure many people in the audience have as well. So please, Iris and Ori, take it away. Thank you very much. So hi, hi everyone. Thanks uh, for joining this session. Uh, like we said, it's going to be about how Big ID were able to improve on key topics like predictability and planning accuracy. Um, just quickly to introduce myself, my name is Ove Karen. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Linear B. Um, before I started Linear B, I was uh, twice uh, VP of engineering, both me and my co-founder in Linear B then. And if we're like totally honest and totally open, uh, this was an area that we were always having trouble with. How do we um, uh, stay predictable? You know, the business was always asking, okay, what can we deliver? And we were always trying to say, here are the things that we can deliver. And again, at that time, this was 2015 or that was a, we we weren't doing a good enough job uh, if we're open. Um, it was really a challenge for us. This is why I feel super privileged and honored to have Iris, Iris Gilboa from Big ID joining us today. Um, and I want Iris like, to kind of like uh, share her experience and how, how Big ID improved over the, over the year uh, um, with some help from them, but mainly because uh, of the great job that they did. So first of all, Iris, thank you very much for, uh, for joining me in this session. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so before we start, can you give a little bit of uh, context? Um, maybe let's start with like, uh, first of all, what is Big ID? What are you guys doing? And then maybe about your role in the organization? Sure. Uh, so Big ID is a data intelligence platform that enables organizations to know their data and take action for privacy, security, and governance. Uh, Customers deploy Big ID to proactively uh, discover, manage, protect, and get more value from the data, uh, regulated data, sensitive, and personal data across their organization. 
so this is in very high level what we do. Uh, we are um, almost 150 developers in the R&D organization in Big AD. When I started four years ago, I was number 15 and the first uh, female uh, engineer in R&D. We're a lot more now. Uh, we have 13 teams working across, uh, across the world, not only in Israel. Uh, we're using Scrum and Kanban, mostly Scrum. Uh, and yeah, so I've been with Big ID for four years, started as the QA manager, uh, with all started with all the processes and uh, best practices uh, to have. Um, three years ago, I switched to become a technical program manager. And then, I don't, two years ago, we started using LinearB and we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of progress uh, from that time because uh, we have much visibility about everything as we'll explain later. Perfect, perfect. So you said that like, you started as a, a in some role in QA and then became like a program manager. So this is a cool, like uh, sort of like a transformation story. And um, I, I can imagine, so a new role, you get into this role, probably nothing is like said, okay, hey, here's what a program manager should do. Um, you're new to this role. Can you share a little bit of like, and, and we didn't start to working together at, at that time. So, mm -hmm. so can you share a little bit of like the, you know, the early days and what kind of challenges you, you were facing, you know, before, so, before you, you kind of like learn how to, what's like the practices and how to use tools for that. Yeah, so one of the things that I took over was uh, helping all the team, all the Scrum teams um, work better with the process. Um, so that was one of the, um, one of the roles that I took over. Um, one of the things that I needed to do in order to help the teams is to collect KPIs. And we're using Jira. So I started looking at Jira and, see, and to see how I can collect these KPIs in the easiest way possible. Uh, I need those KPIs. We, as a in management, we need those KPIs to not to monitor uh, individual work, but see how the team is working to see if we have some bottlenecks. Uh, what can we do as a company to help the teams to progress better and faster and to identify everything? Mm. Yeah. yeah, so, and when you look at, when you say, hey, we need this data, what, what did you have in mind back in these days? Like what type of data you said it's important to pull to understand, to, to understand if you're like uh, hitting the goals that you defined? Okay, so first of all, um, as I said, most of the teams work in Scrum, so we were working in two weeks uh, sprints. So we wanted to um, see how much work was done in each sprint for each of the teams and to see how much they uh, invested in each type of uh, uh, issue type. 
like how much time they invested in bugs, how much in stories, how much in tasks, and how much in interruptions uh, during the sprint. And to take this information out from Jira, it's possible, but it's not, it's not out of the box. Yeah, it's really interesting. So you, you are working with Jira. Um, we know like there's a bunch of like solutions out there. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe not everybody, you know, has like now three experience as a program manager. So can you share like what are the steps, like the manual steps you need to go through to pull this information from Jira and what kind of process you have to like an ETL process that you had to run in order to okay. get the data that you want? So first of all, when a team starts a sprint, we need to see how many points and how many uh, stories uh, or issues they were committed to, to do in that sprint. Uh, then when the sprint ends, I, I can go in JIRA to the sprint report and see exactly how many uh, points were done in that sprint. Uh, I need to uh, check uh, manually you can export it to an Excel, but still, you need to uh, count uh, manually or through the Excel uh, how many issues were done, uh, the division between bug stories and tasks, see how many issues were taken out from the sprint during the sprint, how many stories were added to the sprint uh, during the sprint, uh, and how many were carry over, not completed during the sprint and carry over to the next sprint. Uh, it, it, it is doable. It takes time. You can also do it in a script, but still, uh, you still need to see if everything uh, in that script works properly. Uh, but it's not something that you can just press on a page and see all the information. You need to, to work for that information. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't, I don't remember like when we started, was that like one of the goals or something like we, we learned like along the way that is like a, a pain point. Um, but this is really cool. Um, do you remember what was like the, so, so you said you wanted to know, okay, how much story points or how much, what was the size of the commitment and what was added, I guess, to prevent like interruptions or to minimize the interruptions that the team needs to, Yes. Like inside a... mm -hmm. And the added stories mainly to see what they are and to see, to identify what can we do better to not have them. Yeah, to reduce them. Because interruptions were all and always will be. Yeah, always. Yeah. And do you remember where were you like, um, you know, when we talk about predictability and maybe for the audience and, you know, the people that uh, don't know exactly what we're talking about, uh when we're saying planning accuracy we're saying here's what i committed to whether i'm counting issues issue count or it's story points or whatever and it's it's more suitable for for scrum i agree mm -hmm. um and here's what i executed out of what we committed so if something is added in the middle and let's say like i i don't know i committed to 80 story points right and i did 70 but I did extra 10 that were added in the middle, like planning accuracy would be 100 or would be like seven, like only on the original content that you plan? Um, it won't, won't be 100. 
because I didn't finish everything that I committed to and I had something added in the middle. So even if it sums up to be the same content, it's not, I didn't plan for it at the beginning. Yeah. So I cannot uh, get to 100%. Yeah, this, is, this is awesome. Okay, I'm hearing, by the way, we're talking to a lot of course, like prospect customers. I mean, like two schools, most of the people are like saying exactly like you because um, again, we started this discussion and said the predictability is like the most important thing. Like you want to commit to things and do them. It could be the right choice, like to do the extra stories, but still you want to improve on your planning. You remember what was the typical like planning accuracy at that point for your teams, like more or less? Uh, less than 50 to most of them. Less than 50%. Yes. And, and, and you, But the thing ahead. is that I couldn't show it to them in Jira. I had my own KPIs to show it, but again, there are all those questions. How did you do that? How did you uh, calculate that? So having it in a different product that calculates everything was amazing. Yeah, and this is where we I think got into the picture. Yeah, maybe one last question before we um, let. Look into the you know the solution. You can walk us through what do you do with their linear business mm -hmm. uh, project delivery tracker. It might sound uh, sound obvious, but um, I heard something like some of our prospects saying, "Hey, like planning accuracy and predictability. It's just like it's a manager thing." But we know there's like uh, um, all kinds of thing bad things are happening when we're saying, "Hey, we're going to do X," and we only executed on 20 or 30% of that. Can you um, walk me through like, okay, what was the morale like with the developers, the team and, and the leadership, right? Uh, business into a line with the engineering and into, sure. what, what kind of like things you saw there? So in Agile, in Scrum, the team owns the process. So if I commit to a hundred story points and do only 50, it demotivates the team. Because I, I said I will do 100. I managed to do 50. There's probably something wrong with, uh, with me, with the team. Maybe I don't have enough knowledge. Maybe I don't have the right tools to succeed. So this is one aspect of uh, the planning accuracy, of having, too mu having to commit to too much uh, uh, stories in a sprint. Um, also, if I over uh, over um, over plan, I will never be able to meet uh, customer commitments, business commitments outside, because I will never know if something will be in that sprint or fifty fifty percent that it will be carry over to the next one, yeah. and then again maybe to the uh, even the next one. So that impacts uh, business as well. Uh, in Big AD, we have uh, an engineering escalation team that are, uh, it's a, an additional layer between engineering and support. And also uh, the feedback that I get from them on the planning accuracy is uh, exactly that. Because they're looking, they're seeing that something is committed to, let's say, sprint 144, and then it is released and it's not in. 
So they come and ask me, but it, you committed to that uh, release. Uh, what happened? And then I need to explain to them oh, again and again, uh, why? Why, uh, why wasn't it done? So, yeah. Um, and do you think, um, so you're saying like there was um, uh, frustration from developers, like, hey, we didn't commit, we didn't hit what we committed, but also um, what was the leadership reaction to that? Like leadership was also... Um, yes, because if a customer is waiting for something and they don't get it, so uh, the VP R&D hears about it <laughs> and then he comes and asks, why what happened yeah yeah and it's also an interruption to the sprint because you need to stop and see what happened and explain hi we are Ethicode and we organize the devops conference what developers really want is to see their software live cicd minimizes the time from idea to software delivery we would love to speak with you to learn how we could help you to remove the pain and uncertainty from your software development lifecycle. You can find us at ethico.com. The links are in the description. And have a great time with the DevOps Conference Talks. Obviously, um, uh, we're talking here because things got a lot better, right? From where you were um, at the beginning with, um, you said like, under 50% of, mm -hmm. of like planning accuracy. So I think we have here some like segments um, uh, from the project delivery tracker that we have in any of the, um, we don't have to, you know, to go through everything, but mm -hmm. can you walk us through like, um, what do yeah. you do with the tool? What, what are your practices and what do you get from, from it? Okay, so um, I have bi-weekly sessions with all of the scrums. Uh, to review their KPIs. Um, I know they need to do it by themselves, but I'm I'm in big ID to help the teams. So instead of them finding the 15 minutes every sprint to look at the KPIs, I we have a, a specific time for each of the teams that we go over it together. Uh, the team, uh, the Scrum Master, of course, and the project uh, Project owner, uh, product manager, uh, depends on the uh, on the organization, and we go over uh, the work breakdown of the team, see how much new work they are they did in the in the sprint, uh, how much refactor or. Um, um, this is this is here, right? This is these are like the more the. Uh... Yes, this Operational one. metrics, yeah. Yes. Uh, how much uh, refactor or rework the team did? Uh, rework, for some of you that maybe don't know the uh, terminology, is a refactor on code newer than 21 days. Why is it important? Because if I entered some code into the system and I already need to refactor it the next sprint, Maybe I need to look at something to see what didn't go as expected uh, in the previous sprint. Um, so this is one of the things that we look at. Uh, the second thing is the cycle time. Uh, so 
cycle time, as I said, we have uh, sprints of two weeks. Uh, we aim to have stories of uh, max of eight points, but again, a uh, story of eight points may be a bit bigger for a sprint of two weeks. Because if something is, if something blocks uh, the uh, engineering or the testing uh, or even the deployment, then it will be carry carried over to the next sprint. Um, it is too big to calculate everything that can go wrong uh, during those two sprints. And also, uh, eight points can be uh, seen in a cycle time of, like, let's say, 11 days. So I can look at the cycle time of 11 days and say, okay, let's go to the planning, see how many big stories we had, and maybe we need to think about uh, dividing them into smaller uh, stories next time. Yeah, I love this because you're saying, hey, I, we found a correlation or a connection between um, all like, well, I call it sometimes like the old world of like uh, story points and planning to the DORA metrics, the really the operational metrics. And you, you kind of like learn how to develop intuition. Hey, if I'm seeing like long cycle times, I already know like we broke it into like big, big pieces, it's going to be hard like to move them through the development pipeline. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, did you know, like, uh, how much time it took you like, to develop that intuition? Like, okay, go back like to the, to the retrospective or, or in, even on your, or like you have a meeting every two weeks and kind of identify uh, those type of things? Um, well, I've, hmm. I can say it's been a, a few years. Uh, I've been in Informatica before Big AD uh, for almost 12 years. And there we had a transition to Agile. So I don't, I don't even remember when was it, if it was 10 years ago or even more than 10 years ago. But yeah, it's something that just... For me, it stands out. Yeah. Yeah, and this is exactly what I try to explain the teams, to point it to them, so it will become natural to them to spot it also. Yeah, perfect. Another thing that really caught my eye here, like uh, when we started looking, um, mm -hmm. so first of all, there's like, um, sometimes uh, this is a screenshot from your data, right, from your project delivery yes. tracker. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I see stuff that is like based on issue count and sometimes on story points. You kind of like toggle between those or are you more like a story point, like kind of like a organization? I look mostly at story points, but the pr I, I can tell you that the product and the team lead uh, wants to look also on the uh, issue count. Yeah. Uh, it can be different because, of course, the points is more accurate. But yeah, it's it's nice to have both of them to look at. Super cool. And maybe one last thing that again, really, when we prepped, you had this slide that really, really like uh, got me thinking. This is 
I found so many insights here, but maybe you can walk us through. Well, of course, we see like the improvement here, but walk us through this team and you know what was what specifically helped this team improve and jump from you know 25 in the area of 25% predictability to the area of close to 70. Okay, so first of all, uh, in the bi-weekly sessions that I have with all the teams, I insist that the whole Strum team will uh, be present. So it won't be only on the team lead or the product manager. And I also, from my experience, um, the team has power. So if the team isn't uh, okay with how the planning goes and how the KPIs look, so they have the power to change it. And this is one of the examples. Uh, also, the team lead. And I can say that in all our scrums, the team leads saw the data and they said, okay, we need to be more active in the planning, in the signing off of the sprint content and not just give the product owner uh, the last uh, say about it. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. First of all, they commit, it's not perfect yet but you can see that from 68 carryovers they're down to 22 carryovers this is here yeah yeah so this is amazing before that the sprint was just a backlog that moved from sprint to sprint that that's why we have 24 percent of accuracy there, yeah. it, there wasn't any planning uh, to the to that sprint now it's not perfect but 67 is pretty good it is good it's like going from like uh where you are like to i would say good to very good now yeah we can always go to excellent but it is an amazing improvement what i also really like about it like you can see that the team grew right from six to nine but they learned that they need like we're far away committing like to 90 story points more or less this is where we uh, can feel comfortable and yeah. having this culture in the organization to kind of understand that uh, it's not about like increasing the commitments it's about like finding this balance point where uh, you're not under committing well i've never seen almost uh, uh, teams that are under committing it's always the business always pushes you to do more and more and more i always see the teams over committing and stretching and doing more um so th this maturity level is really is really cool mm -hmm. um yeah i think well, I think we're going to go out of time any second now. So maybe, uh, first of all, it's been amazing to see uh, this type of, of improvements and most of the sharing. But maybe, I don't know, Iris, if you can give uh, uh, one more advice like to people who are going through this, uh, I would say, um, transformation, how to come back, a, a mature organization that tries to improve in all those uh, metrics. What, what's, what's your best advice that you can give? Use the data. The data doesn't lie, <laughs> really. Um, everything affects everything. As you said, that the uh, um, cycle time, so it is affected by the size of the, of the stories. Um, so everything is connected. Look at it. It's probably not a glitch. Something happened. 
Yeah, just, when you see a problem in the data, it's like, oh no, there's a glitch in the data. But usually you're saying like after you get like the, uh, you build like trust relationship with the data. You're saying when something is wrong, something is wrong. The da the data isn't isn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it just puts everything in your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Do we have some questions for Arisomi? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently, or you had another talk starting. So we were kind of thinking that maybe you should head that way, and and we could ask questions from Iris. Yes. Sorry. Say again. Uh, I heard that you have another talk starting. Yeah, I have another talk starting. Yeah. So maybe we should yeah. just uh, yeah. ask. The question starts now. I have five more minutes yeah. now. Yes, they just wanted you early there to make sure that you get everything set up. Um, but this was a really good conversation. I really, this was like a lot of insights that that I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are. It, it's resonating. Um, sure. So thank you yes. for that. Um, we did have some questions. Absolutely. Um, there is a first of all from Matteo. Um, there is. A, I see also a jump up in capacity between the sprints. How did that affect your results? So sorry, I'm going to go, so I'm not. I want this. All session. right, thank there you very much, Ori. Okay. Thank, thank you, Ori. Thanks so thank much. You. So yeah, we had a increase in uh, capacity, mm -hmm. but we did have more um, velocity than in the sprints, but. With the uh, refining of the uh, planning, so we managed to get to the 67% of that uh, specific uh, scrum. So, of course, when a new team member uh, comes, the velocity can go down because of uh, training, but eventually mm -hmm. adds up. But, yeah, that's, um, that's mainly how how did it affected the results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, both, of cool. the, both of the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, and in general with the data, once you get the process, you know, in place that people are reporting in a correct way, the data value comes better. And that way also when you do have it in a way that you can see as a team how it's getting better, it also, I feel like it encourages people anyway to, you know, Follow the process, so that that's cool. And I, I actually have a question yeah, related to that precisely. Okay, yes, go for it. Uh, which is basically uh, that the metrics you get out is they they were uh, are as good as the data that goes in. So how do you combat this kind of garbage in, garbage out type of thing, where your lead times and cycle times might be whatever because people might be just you know, immediately transferring or transitioning a JIRA issue from, from open to done. Uh, or the estimates might be completely wrong or the time spent on the task might not be marked at all. How, how do you deal with that? So first of all, with issues that don't have any estimations on. So that was easy. That was really easy. Because at the end of the sprint, you go to the team and show them, okay, you worked for two weeks now and you manage to do four points is that are you okay with that because it shows that you didn't do anything practically in the past uh, sprint so that was easy i can say that each team that saw that never happened again they're uh, very um 
strict on putting the points before the sprint starts. In the planning, they don't forget it. Uh, regarding if like, let's say I had a story of eight points that eventually was supposed to be like 40 points, it happened. That was a really uh, misestimation of uh, a story. Uh, then, of course, there's a retrospective of, uh, after that. Uh, depends on the story itself, but nowadays what we do is if uh, we see at the end of the sprints that something was misestimated that drastically, we stop there, do a very small retro on the issue, and mm -hmm. divide the main, the main story into smaller stories with all the work uh, needed to be done. This is mainly because of um, the spike before the beginning was either not done because they thought that it was easy an easy story um, or if it was done, it wasn't done properly or didn't calculate all the risks inside it. But now we have uh, all the knowledge to know to stop and to uh, rethink everything from the start. Right, that makes That's sense. Cool. I feel like we have time for one more question. Mauno, you have uh, okay, cool. Yes, we have one minute. Um, actually, no, I'm, I'm thinking from the other end because it's it's sometimes for different companies, it's difficult to get the buy-in from the business side for things that are kind of in the development. I'm sure we all know that, but how did you did you see some sort of like tangible results that you can also show because you made the predictability better how did it reflect in the business end and your customer end um we have at the moment um the field the big id field the services um uh, mm -hmm. have more confidence in the r d organization um mm -hmm. And also the customers, well, the critical customers always were uh, before everyone else. So they didn't mm -hmm. feel or had any impact uh, by wrong estimations. Because, okay. yeah. So it's mainly the field and soft commitments that we had mm -hmm. that customers are starting to get them on time at the moment. So it's nice. And it's nice to this for the team to know that if they committed, they managed to deliver on time. Yeah, exactly. That's the psychological safety for also for the developers for sure at that point. So yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Cool. Oh, All right. Thank you, Iris. This is very. This was very interesting. Very insightful. I love the topic. This is something that a lot of companies are stuck with. So it's good to hear hear this these stories, the success stories. All right, thank you, thank very, you very much, much. Iris. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find the link to other conference talks in the show notes. I would like to invite you personally to the DevOps conference in Copenhagen on November 1st. You can find the link to the registration page from the show notes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating on your platform. It means the world to us. Also, check out our other episodes for interesting and exciting talks. I say now, take care of yourself and see you around.